We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. Let's get uh, our next guest on. Here we go. Stand by. Hello? Hello, Brother Gary. How you doing, my friend? Well, I'm doing better now that I'm talking to you. Okay. I got you online. Now, I'm going to bring in Dan and Sherry on separate numbers. Is that correct? Right. Okay. I got it set up. Let's patch them in. Here we go. Everybody, welcome back. We're excited to be here with Pastor Gary Stafford, Just In Time Ministries, here on Thursday, July 20th, 2023. Hello, this is Dan. Hello, Brother Dan, Shannon Davis of Mega Man Radio. Hello, Sister Sherry. How are you doing? Good. Okay. Yes, I'm good, too. We've got the whole crew here, folks. We've got uh, Pastor Gary Stafford and a special guest tonight, uh, Dan and Sherry Finch. Uh, Dan and Sherry, welcome aboard. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Uh, uh, who would like to do the honor? Uh, Sister Sherry, would you like to open us up in prayer? Sure. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity to come together and share our thoughts and our love for you, Lord, and just our faithfulness. I just pray that this message will reach someone who really, really needs it. And we know, Lord, that that is possible with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Again, today is Thursday, July 20th, 2023. And, Brother Gary, over to you. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we had uh, Dan and uh, Sherry on uh, back in 2017 and that goes whack a ways (laughs) 
And, uh, but, uh, we had a, a more recent situation occur in April of, uh, 2021. And, uh, Dan, fill us in with the, uh, details. Well, uh, I, uh, wound up, uh, coming, uh, back to Maryland from Florida and, uh, I wound up getting uh, COVID uh, when I was back here, and uh, what uh, was April of uh, 2021, and I, uh, you know, I, I I didn't remember a lot at the very beginning because I was uh, I was taken to the hospital. And, uh, well, I guess I told, uh, Sherry, my wife that I, I needed to go to the hospital. I didn't even remember any of this. Uh, I I remembered that part, but then right after that, I, I don't remember why I, I wanted to go or needed to go. Uh, and she filled me in later that it was because I couldn't breathe. Well, you know, I, waited for an ambulance. I remember being on our steps out front and then later on, uh, the next thing I realize is I'm waking up in the ICU, uh, intensive care unit. And everything was a blur at that point. I had to get filled in later what happened there, but, uh, I wound up, uh, being there for a week and then, uh, they put me on a ventilator, which I don't recall any of that week prior to being on the ventilator and then when you go on the ventilator they put you in some type of uh sleep self-induced or you know induced coma rather uh and uh evidently a bed that tilts or flips over or something and i i don't remember any of that i don't remember um coming off of the ventilator um uh and then uh, I remember waking up in ICU at that point in time. And so uh, as I spent that time there, it was somewhere around, uh, I don't know, a month and a half or something like that. Uh, it was probably two and a half months total. Uh, I got out of the hospital after a period of time, and uh, I... I um, went back in four days later with uh, pneumonia again, uh, double pneumonia and blood clots. And they put me on the ventilator again for another week after that. And so it wasn't until a couple months after the fact of being in the hospital that I uh, found out that 85 to 88% of the people who or on the ventilator, don't make it. They pass away. And, uh, you know, that was sort of a bit of a scary statistic, but I knew that the, the Lord had me while I was in the hospital. Um, I don't, when I first woke up from the first uh, two weeks of being on the ventilator, the first time in the hospital, I remember thinking that uh, this is the closest I've been to death. And I feel like I could probably die, you know, any minute. 
And I just said, Lord, if you want to take me, go ahead and take me. If you want to leave me, go ahead and leave me. Whatever you want to do with me is fine with me. Now, I think I felt bad enough at that time. I'd have preferred to have been taken <laughs> because it wasn't easy. I, I couldn't speak. I, I, could, I couldn't even touch the buttons in the bed that were right next to me. I couldn't roll over. Uh, you know, I could barely turn my head from one side to the other. Uh, it, it, it was a pretty bad situation. I was on oxygen, and I had these big mittens that uh, keep you from – being able to pull uh, the uh, any cords out or any of the uh, thing they had a port in my arm uh, for intravenous uh, medication, I guess, because I, I wasn't being fed, I don't believe, at that time. I think I lost about 40 pounds or 45 pounds while I was in there. Uh, it, it, um, I, you know, I always said I, I don't have any worst enemies, but if I did, I would not have wished that experience upon them. I, I wasn't even sure where I was. I thought I was at another hospital in another city. Uh, I was pretty pretty out of it for a while there. Talk about a miracle. But, now you went you went into rehab for a while. Tell us yeah, about that. Well, the first time by that time I was get the fog was clearing my my head somewhat, and I was the first time. Um, Sherry has the dates better than I do because a lot of it was, it was very hazy. Uh, and, but the rehab, uh, I started clearing it, uh, clearing my head. I could actually start to walk, uh, in the rehab in the hospital. Basically I, I sat on the side of the bed and waited till the dizziness, uh, stopped. And then I, I stood up, uh, with help and then walked around to the bottom of the bed and around to the other side of the bed. And and that was basically the, the rehab I was doing in the hospital. I couldn't do much. And then I'd walk around the uh, to the other side of the bed. And, I, you know, I could do that. I think the maximum I could do that was four times by the time I went to the rehab. And there, um, I wasn't getting any food in the hospital because I couldn't. They were afraid if I swallowed, I could go down in my esophagus and I'd wind up, you know, with pneumonia again. And I, I had trouble um, eating and and swallowing. Uh, they, you know, just liquids. Period. I couldn't drink anything the, most of the time I was there either. Um, it, it, it was like you had to relearn everything. And I was I was on oxygen the whole time. I was. When I came home, even after the second time of being in the hospital, I was on oxygen still for a couple of months, and then I just uh, took it off. I just felt like, you know what, my the Lord's taking care of me, and my my lungs are recuperating enough that I don't need the oxygen. So I, I really didn't even ask the doctors. I just went ahead and stopped using it. So... <laughs> probably not the the wisest thing to do but you know that's that's uh, I felt like you know I was in good hands so the, re- the rehabs cool. were just yeah the rehabs were just more physical uh movement step stepping up on a little box up and down uh walking a little bit trying to work uh my arms somewhat uh you started getting food, you know, I thought it was, the food was fine. I didn't have any problem with that. A lot of people complained, but 
man, food was good for me at that time. And I, I had a healthy appetite. Uh, that that wasn't a problem. Uh, so, anyway, it was... Can I interject yeah. something? Sure. You had to relearn how to walk. You had to relearn yeah. how to swallow and pass a swallow test before you could have even, like, applesauce. And you had a speech yeah. therapist as time went on to help you speak. Sorry, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Sherry, you know, uh, <laughs> Sherry uh, you you came down with COVID too, and uh, kind of fill in some of the spaces uh, because Stan has been through. Um, quite a situation and uh, uh, some of the stuff uh, may come to light and others may not. I, how far was the hospital from you? Oh, 10, 15 minutes. Not far. Oh, yeah. that bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, you came down with COVID. How soon after uh, Dan had, had his oh, uh, initial bout? A week. We had both tested negative the first time, and then he tested positive, and then a week later I tested positive. Um, wow. And then you had it for how long? You know, it's kind of fuzzy. I don't know, because I was just pretty much housebound. People were bringing me food. Um, again, you could not visit anybody in the hospital that was at a time that you know once he went in he was in and I didn't have much contact we had a little contact the first week but then when they said he was going on the ventilator they had scheduled supposedly a FaceTime phone call well we he was too tired he had no breath and um I did just tell him I love him through the phone before they put him on a ventilator. But all this is without any, you know, you can't visit. He really didn't understand what was going on. He had a fever on top of all that, I think, which is part of the problem. But it was terrible. The hopelessness at that point, you know, everything was out of your control. Everything. Now, yeah, not letting, well, not letting, not letting Sherry come in. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody has seen the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson. They, he gets put in a mental institution and 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 basically can't get out. And and he is may, maybe not really a, a, a case that should have been in there. And and I felt like. Boy, this is this is what it's like for me. I'm I'm in the system now. I can't get out. They've got me, you know, and I'll never be able to return to society again. I mean, I was thinking all kinds of crazy thoughts because I I I couldn't see my wife and or anybody and else, any other family member. Yeah, and they were they every once in a while. They, oh, your wife's coming and your sister's coming, and the day would go by and I wouldn't see him. I'm like, well, what happened? And they'd always give me some really flimsy excuse. Oh, well, they couldn't get past the protocol, you know, getting into the hospital or they arrived too late today or, you know, 
there was always something, and I, I'm like, you know, what, what's going on here? These people really have me entrapped. You know, I mean, you get crazy thinking when that kind of situation uh, is going on. And uh, not only that, but one of the things they had me hooked up with this the oxygen mask, and they had a box on it. My lungs were uh, damaged, so I was constantly trying to get mucus up out of my lungs. And um, they told me to just spit it out and let it go into this box, and I just would hear this thing gurgle and, and feel like I'm going to asphyxiate my own, you know, mucus here. It's filling up. This box is filling up, and I and I couldn't get a, a nurse's attention to come in. I'd, I'd hit a buzzer, and sometimes it would be over an hour before somebody would come by, and I would get i would start these big mittens they had on so you couldn't pull out those things are so terrible i mean you really feel like you can't scratch yourself you can't do anything with these things on i finally would work one of them off and and finally start rip ripping off these headgears that they for the oxygen they had me on and uh they would sedate me uh here and there to keep me from now, I don't know if I pulled out the, the port for the IV or not, but I certainly were pulling off these things on my head. It, it was so, uh, they were so tight and I, it really, I felt like I was being restricted in my breathing when it probably wasn't. My beard started growing, so they had to tighten it up, you know, and I think that made things a little bit more intolerable for me. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, filling the, uh, the spots that we haven't covered there, Sherry. <laughs> um, well, he's right. He was very fuzzy. When he came off the ventilator the first time, I think within a day or so, I was allowed in the hospital. They had wanted me to bring his breathing machine, his, his uh, what's that thing called, Dan? Your... Um. Sleep apnea machine. The sleep apnea machine, because they wanted to mm -hmm. run the oxygen through that. They allowed me one night to bring that, and then the nurse, there was one nurse who was very helpful. She said, you got in here tonight now. You come back tomorrow morning, and you say, you got to let me in. You let me in last night. What's the difference? By the end of that second day, they opened the hospital, and people could come, you know, one at a time, one you could have one visitor each day. So, anyway, Dan was still very fuzzy. We started writing notes because he couldn't talk. He had all this stuff. He would ring for the nurse, and they would say, what do you need, Mr. Finch? And he can't talk. He can't <laughs> respond. And I'm like, they all know what's going on with him. If I'm that frustrated, how, how do you think he felt? You know, he would mess, he would have all these problems because they were not necessarily <laughs> attending to him. That was not everybody, though. In no, general, like, they yeah, were very like, helpful. Oh, uh, yeah, anyway. mess, mess, like where you need a bedpan mess, you know. Right. <laughs> After a while, I just said, you know, I'm not waiting for the bed van. You know, they can clean up the, the bed because <laughs> it was taking so long yeah, sometimes. they wouldn't respond. Uh, but t tell, them, tell them what the doctor told you. 
as I was on the ventilator the first time in the last the last day or right before mean? the last. I don't know what you mean about flip, flipping the bed. We're going to flip him this oh, time, well, and they, if we they, yeah, I took notes. You know, I had a I'd call the nurse every morning to get an update about eleven ten thirty eleven, and they would keep me posted. They um, would prone him and so this bed would flip kind of upside down and I guess that was to help circulation breathing and you know they weren't getting the response that they had hoped for and they said well this is the last time we can do this and whatever happened you know there they they test your lungs and they start bringing you out of the induced coma and have you start breathing a teeny I don't know all the procedure but whatever they were looking for that last time worked and they were able to get him off the ventilator and you know that was a very joyful time but a scary time um you you really had you had no clue other than what they told you and the nurses, and like I said, some of them were so wonderful, and some of them were not so wonderful. Um, but you had to believe that God was in there doing something. And um, that that was yeah, that was one of the things that, that I could the, fe- I could feel the the prayers uh, of mm. the people from. There were people around the world praying for me because I had friends in Africa and Eastern Europe and all over and different areas of the world and in this country and friends uh, that uh, were friends of my family, you know, people that I didn't know were praying for me. And, you know, I really felt like, you know, I could physically feel that and emotionally feel that while I was in the hospital. And... It just, there Sherry were didn't tell me this. A lot of people. Yeah, Sherry didn't people tell me that. outside the hospital, family Zooms, uh, yeah. just everywhere. Our African friend, he said he's not going to die. And I believed him because he's such a man of God that I know he goes and prays and whatever he says is, you know, that's the word. And that, um, well, I went on to that. And, well, um, that's I did too, and, Lord, and I tell you, go ahead. Well, what I wanted to say, there was a piece about me that I could not understand. Here, you are ready to die, or possibly ready to die. I haven't seen you. You haven't seen me. It's just everything just changed in a split second, and I had peace. And I'm like, well. The only thing that can be is the Lord and give me hope. And I had to get down to that point where, you know, you take away all your, you know, the human possibilities and everything that you can do and just realize God's in control. And whatever he, whatever path he chooses for us, it's going to be okay. And to think about that, I would never have thought I would accept that kind of thinking. You know, that's just not acceptable. But anyway, 
to give it to God. It was um, probably the, one of the most beautiful moments of my life to have that peace. And, and just I, know I had that okay. peace. Say that again, Sherry, because there are people listening that need hope. And say that again. There was a piece about me that was undescribable, um, undescribable, unexplainable. How could I be at peace when my world is falling apart, as I knew it? But there was this peace. You know, we prayed all the time. We prayed to God. And just, it was the only thing that I knew how to do. And and there's always hope. You know, you can't look to ahead too far. You can't look back. You just have that that moment, the here and the now moment. And I was at peace. I was just at peace. I'm like, this is this is really not me. Anyway, there. There's a, a lot of people listening right now that need that peace that passes all understanding and God answers prayers and and yeah. look at the countless people around the world because Dan is a, a, a part-time missionary and he's been in a, a dozen two dozen countries and and each of those people were touched by Dan and his group and they started praying in serious ways and in unending ways to bring forth the answer from God and you know the thing is is that we don't realize that God has got a destiny for each and every one of us that we know little or nothing about. Dan has not died because God is not finished with Dan's destiny. And and uh, Sherry was there to be there and to be the sense of reasoning and, and understanding and increasing the prayer load of family and friends and, and uh, local residents and things like that, and even people within the hospital, like she said, uh, there were some nurses that went beyond their call. And, and, uh, I, I just, want to encourage you that if you haven't read Psalm 139, you got to read it because it'll tell you about your destiny uh, as to the, the way that God has formed you and prepared you for the things that he will do in your life. Now, I, I, I want to go back to you, Dan, 
you got released from the hospital and you found out something about your lungs. My lungs? Yeah, like uh, the uh, the uh, clots that you had. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when I when I got out the first time, uh, like I said, I was only out for four days, and uh, and I wound up right back in uh, with clots and uh, pneumonia still, and I'm thinking, you know, how come they let me out if I still have all these issues? But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, uh, I felt you know, that piece that Sherry was talking about while I was in there also. She mentioned a, a friend of hers, ours. There's actually two friends that are, have a strong prophetic gift, and they, they both, by the time I came out of the first time around, uh, out of the IC or is in the ICU. The, the nurse said, "Would you like to see your phone?" I'm like, "Is my, my phone's here? I didn't know that." Well, uh, actually, it wasn't charged. They had to charge it, and I did. There's hundreds of emails and texts and and voicemails, and I'm like, I can't deal with this stuff now. But I I looked at two of them that were from these two friends. One is a pastor in Africa, and one's a pastor here, and they both have a very strong prophetic gift. And they both said virtually the same thing. And and here I still felt like I'm not sure I'm going to get through this thing or not, even though I'm, I'm awake, I'm in ICU. Uh, anything seemed like it could happen at any time. And everybody kept saying, you're not out of the woods yet. You're not out of the woods yet. Well, they didn't know about my God. And uh, so I did read these two fellows' texts, uh, these two men of God's texts, and they virtually said the same thing. And it said, that the Lord said, you're not going to die. And that's how they both put it. That's all they said. The Lord said, you're not mm-hmm. going to die. And I I knew then that, you know, no matter how bad I felt, said, well, Lord, then I guess I'll just have to get through this, you know, one hour at a time, you know, one day at a time, whatever I could at that moment. And, uh, you know, I knew I wasn't going to pass away. Uh, and And not only that. But behind this whole thing, I'm in the midst of breaking up a family business. We were selling out uh, a portion of our family business, and we had been working on this for seven years. And it was not the easiest thing in the world to do. As a matter of fact, it was a very stressful situation for uh, the three brothers who were involved in the family business. Uh, since 1945, this business had been going on. And we were in the midst of this with lawyers, accountants, you know, I mean, and I'm in the hospital while we're getting to the final stages of this and I'm, and I can't do a thing. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Lord, I, 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 you've got it all in your hands. Like Sherry said, that, that was the, the absolute uh, bottom for me of being able to do anything for myself in my life. I had to give it all to the Lord. And when I did, that's when that peace came over me. And uh, no matter how bad my lungs were or my mind was, I knew that the Lord uh, still had his hands upon um, not only me, but Sherry also. And that uh, he, you know, I was like, I I can't. And that's where I think he wanted me to be, in the position where 
I had no say in anything. I, I was, my life was being run at the time by the hospital and nurses and, and him, you know, and, and I was very at ease and just allowing things to happen the way the Lord allowed them to happen. And, uh, yes, I had I've a hole in him that way. Yeah. I, I had a hole in my chest also where they put, uh, uh, a tube that uh, I don't know what that was for, whether it was drainage or release of air uh, in, out of my lungs or something. It Anyway, that, that was yeah. quite ouchy when they pulled that thing out of me. You know, I was like, Ugh. You know, felt like I was getting stabbed by a knife. There, there's a lot of little things that go on that people don't tell you about when they're in the hospital. A lot of painful little things that happen, you know, and, and uh, I couldn't imagine an open heart surgery. That's I hear is horrible, and those kind of things. When you're in those situations, I, I I really feel for the people who don't have the Lord, and can say, Lord, it's okay. Whatever you want to do with me, you know, I'm fine with it, because that's the one hope that we have in our life is that Jesus is going to be there. You know, even when we feel He might not be there, He is there. And you have to realize that and understand that and know that. And when you're put in that kind of situation where I was put in and Sherry was put in, you it, it takes you to that place where you know he's there. And But you know what? You can get there before you wind up in those situations. And, you know, thank God I had the Lord because I didn't come to the Lord until later in life, as you heard my first testimony uh, in 17, uh, but, uh, man, I, I look back in my life and, and think, how did I get through you know, a lot of my life without the Lord? And it's, it just still boggles my mind. But, you know, I, I used to say in, in speaking in, in some public places that the last time I counted up my nine lives, I was up to 13. Well, this one makes it 14. <laughs> that's That's how I've gotten through. That's how I've gotten through all those 14 times was because of the Lord. It certainly wasn't because of me, you know. So, anyway. But, anyway, um, I, I am thinking of uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. For mm-hmm. I know the plans I have for you, mm-hmm. you know, declares the Lord. Yep. Plans to yes. prosper you. And not, uh, not uh, to harm you. Plans to give you hope. There's that word that uh, Sherry used: hope and a future. Yeah. And there is so much that is in the Word of God that if we but turn to it, we'll have the peace that passes all understanding, as you shared. We don't know because we don't know the promises of God that are there for the asking. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to what? Prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And thank you so much, 
Sherry, for bringing up that word of hope. You're welcome. Well, I tell you, uh, there are some other things that you may have uh, wanted to share. I uh, didn't touch our first interview for a purpose because, number one, uh, Sherry was to be involved, and and uh, unlike the first one, and the second thing is, is that um, Sherry has gone through uh, living hell, so to speak, in in all of this, and that people realize their heart is out for the people in the hospital, and rightfully so. Mm. But yeah, do that, a yeah. uh, do a thing uh, when you pray. Pray for the women that are and men that are going through these situations because they too need the peace and the hope. And maybe because they don't know that they have a destiny that they're walking out day by day. And to pray for them and pray for the revelation of God's promises in their heart that they too will have the peace and understanding and, and uh, be able to go through these things with, with peace and understanding and hope. Now, any of, uh, anything else? you'd like to share? You know, I think for me, when I look back on that, I had COVID. I was very congested. I felt like a zombie. And I believed in God, and I knew how to pray, but I truly did not understand how much the Lord was carrying me through this whole situation. You know, I, I did things out of faith. I did things out of routine because I couldn't do anything else. You know, I didn't believe. I didn't unbelieve, but I had hope. You always have to have hope. And I think the Lord, you know, in hindsight, when I look back, it was all the Lord. I had no clue what I was doing. It was all him orchestrating every little step of the way. Every step. You know, it just, in hindsight, in hindsight, when you're in it, you're like in a trauma. You know, you're, you're, you're not thinking straight. You're trying to think straight. You're praying. You're talking to a million people. And your loved one is out of reach. I I tell you, I, I, yeah, I, Uh, I am so, uh, marvel at your stability. I, you know, not emotionally undone, although we have our moments, but, uh, you, you prayed it through your friends and family and associates. And missionaries prayed it through. Your pastors praised it through. Uh, 
And uh, I just want to bring out Philippians 4, 6, and that was, I am anxious for nothing. Mm. I am anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I let my request be known to God. And that's exactly what you did. That's what others did. And, and it was an encouragement that those two pastors, Dan, wrote the same thing as an email as like a confirmation. You're going to pull through. And uh, I let my, my re, excuse me, uh, I let my requests be made known to God and the peace, there's that word again, peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards my heart and mine through Christ Jesus. Now, the thing is, is that, Dan, there are people who have never given their life to the Lord. You know, they've heard John 3.16, and they say, oh, yeah, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. And they don't realize, uh, Dan, that God is saying, I'll take you just the way you are. Give your life to me through my son, believing in him, and find out the gift that I have given to you. No, no, no chance of that ever being denied. Would you lead them into the kingdom? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I just, uh, anybody that uh, is on this call listening to this now, uh, I just have to uh, state that, that Jesus is real. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is real. They've touched me and, and my wife in miraculous ways throughout our lives, and they can touch you also. So uh, you just need to believe. You know, it's the, the basis of the Christian uh, life is faith, uh, and which is belief. So if you just right now pray this prayer with me is, Father God, I believe that your son Jesus came to this earth in spirit. He became flesh, walked amongst us on this earth 2,000 years ago. And when it was his time, he was taken to the cross, and he died on that cross for you and I. He took every sin that ever was in the world before and every sin after. Can you imagine the separation from God that took? And Lord, the Lord Jesus took that in that anguish and that travailing on the cross, his perfect work on the cross, so we could come to you, Father. 
in a way that was never known before. And that veil that separated in the temple, the, the place where God was to be and the place where man was to be outside of that temple was torn. And Jesus rose again on the third day to be sit, sitting at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realm. We believe that. We, we believe that Jesus died for my sins, that he made our scarlet as white as snow, that he took that sin, he took our guilt, he took our hate, our anger, he took everything, our rebellion, and he took it to that cross. And with that, we give that to you, Jesus. And we turn our back on the ways of evil in this world, and we turn to the light, who Jesus is the light of the world. And we ask you, Lord, that you bring us into your heavenly kingdom when it is our time. And let us be servants of yours in the ways that you would have for us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 I, 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 I want to say one thing is that if you said that prayer for the very first time, that is the most important prayer of your entire life. Because yeah. now you have been accepted, the blood of Jesus has covered your sins and are remembered no more, and you are giving been given the gift of eternal life. And that's awesome. That's just Amen. awesome. And I uh, also on our program, though it's only an hour, we're going to take worldwide communion. And uh, I would like to do that now. And uh, here we say in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, the verses 23 through 26, and the end of 23, it says, The Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, oh, by Judas Iscariot, no less, that was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. And take up your bread now. All right. Let us break it. Let us bless it. To God be the glory. And let us take it now in remembrance of him. All right. Let's do that. Thank you, Lord. Mm. And why I am chewing that, I'm thinking of the the time that Jesus took 39 stripes on his back prior to going to the cross to die for our sins. And I also realized that there were 39 different diseases known to man and that those diseases it says in in, uh, in Isaiah 
700 years before that by his stripes you are healed. So the 39 stripes he took prior to going to the cross is by his stripes that we are healed. And many a person has been healed through taking communion. And I take it daily myself, not out of religion, but because of a relationship. And so take your wine goblet now, and in the same way, he took the cup also. After supper, saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us do this now. Ah, the blood of the Lamb of God washes clean your sins, and they are remembered no more. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And I have one other thing to share with you. Uh, well, maybe, yeah, yes. And uh, this is uh, a statement of the Lord to you. And I want you to know that this is uh, from Psalm 91. And it says, the Lord says, because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will deliver him. I will set him up securely on high because he has known my name. And he will call upon me and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. How about that? I will rescue him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and let him behold my salvation. That is the gift that you have just received in addition to eternal life. Amen and amen. And um, Dan, is there any special other word that you have that you'd like to share? And tell us how we can get a hold of you. Well, uh, my email is uh, Dan, D-A-N-N, Fitch at gmail.com pretty easy, and uh, probably the best way, um, and I say that the the only uh, the thing that most people lack in, in this world is hope, and there are so many people that are hopeless out there, and there's, there, the only hope, money does not give you hope. 
You know, relationships do not give you hope. Getting everything in your life that you ever wanted does not give you hope. You know, the only thing that can give you hope is, is a, a, a belief and a trust in the Word of God and then the Lord Jesus Christ. He is uh, the hope of this world. And when things are looking like they are in this world, the Bible has predicted all of this. All things are going to get worse. They're not going to get better. Yeah, and the, our only hope comes through Christ. Yeah, and if we don't have that hope, you know, I feel for those people who don't because they have no place to turn. But we who know Christ, we have a person to turn to. Christ is a person, and we also have the hope of eternity, not just while we're here on this earth. But there's an eternity afterwards that we have with Jesus, Father God, and the Holy Spirit if we believe in him now. This is the weeding out time. We're going to look at this life of ours as a blank of lie when it comes to our time after this life. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a blank of the eye compared to eternity in either suffering in hell or uh, living a, a wonderful life uh, for eternity with new bodies. Everything's going to be new. There's going to be no sadness, no hate, no anger. It's going to be wonderful. And I tell you, I've known people who have been to both in heaven and hell and have come back. The Lord has revealed them to, to a few special people. And I tell you what, you can find them almost anywhere, there's plenty of testimony on the internet, and what they're saying is true. There is a heaven and there is a hell, and it's our choice in, on this earth of which one we want to go to. And the only way, and this is what people don't like, we can't stand to be told there's only one way, because we always want to find a different way. We always want to find an easier way. There is no easy way. The easy way is to go toward Christ. That's the easy way. Well, thank you for having us, by the way. Well, and Sherry, would you have something you want to add? Yes. Well, um, how do I say this? When you give your life to Christ, it can be a little scary. You think that it's this major... You know, you have to do this, you have to know the Bible, you have to, have to, have to, have to. But truly, you don't have to anything except have that little faith of the mustard seed. Just that little inkling that maybe, maybe I can get out of this. Or maybe, I don't know. But the Lord will carry you if you have that little teeny bit of faith and just give it to him it's painless it's simple we make it so complicated and you just do it you just do it amen amen (laughs) i i i want to close i want to close this program with uh the words in in ephesians 320 And uh, it says, now, all glory to God 
who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Infinitely more than we might ask or think. You see, you are God's hand extended. He will supply that which is needed to complete that which you have been called to do, for you are God's hand extended, and you surrender your will to him and let all that he has planned for you be fulfilled. Now all glory to God who was able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think and that's the answer to you who are waiting waiting for the Lord God to move, just say, yes, Lord. As uh, Dan has shared in various ways this, today, and uh, as Sherry has shared, go forward. He's coming sooner than you think. And... Uh, Shannon Davis, we turn it back over to you. What do you have to say? Well, brother and sister Finch, uh, what an honor to have you on today. Those were powerful testimonies. And uh, brother Gary, you've got to get them back on. Not sooner than seven years. Uh, come on. <laughs> They're welcome anytime. And we'd love to have you back soon. Anytime you've got a word you'd like to, to give, you, it would be an honor to have you on as our guest. And uh, you know, for the archive today, Brother Gary, what shall we title this episode? I'll let Dan do that. Uh, uh, the hope of the Lord. I love it. That's perfect. The hope of the Lord. And one more time. Well, the hope if, in, in the Lord. Okay. Hope in the Lord. And uh, yeah. one more time, if people would like to make contact with you all, can you give that detail out again? Do you have an email address or yeah, website? Yeah, Email is Dan, D-A-N-N-F-I-N-C-H, like the bird, danfinch at gmail.com. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, I can, if you want to get a hold of Sherry, I'll pass, whatever you pass to me, I'll pass on to her and she can contact you. <clears throat> okay. That's great. Uh, Sister Sherry, would you like to close us in prayer? Heavenly Father, we just give you all the glory. We thank you for this time we've had together, for this opportunity to share your mightiness, to share your meekness, to just share whatever you have for us, Lord. We just thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the hope that you give us. We thank you for the faith, the endurance. You are an awesome God, Lord. And you are forgiving, God. And I just want to thank you for all our family and friends and the media that makes it possible for us to
to communicate and outreach. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Lord. And Lord, I'd like to add, you know, to penetrate each and every heart that is on this call, that is listening. And and we stand against every single satanic attack to every single person listening on this call that is going to prevent them from receiving the grace and the love and the beauty of the Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 And Brother Shannon, a little secret. Yes, sir. Sherry happens to be her cousin. Wow. <laughs> What? Who's cousin? Huh? Anyway. Yeah. Sherilyn, uh, Marilyn's cousin. Amazing. Yeah. What a small world. Niece. <laughs> yeah. Niece. Okay. Niece. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Niece. We, on the family. So I just want you to know that uh, things uh, and her dad used to work at the Pentagon. We got family so, uh, today. This is great. We we have all kinds of good things happening within the family. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. Another home run. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I thank Dan for going to all those countries to carry forth the promises and the word of God so that others might be touched transformed and have them look for their destiny just as Dan and Sherry have a destiny to fulfill. Amen. Amen. Dan and Sherry, thank Thank you for coming on. And Brother Gary, uh, people can reach you at justintimeministries.com? That's right. It's all there. (laughs) Justintimeministries.com. Thank you all for coming on tonight. God bless you all. We'll see you all next time. Okay. God bless you all. And thank you, thank you, thank you. The world has been changed by your hour. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Gary. Praise the Lord. Folks, stand by. We're going to save this, and we've got Brother John Trill coming up next. Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117.